The corporal who had been detailed to accompany her had suggested she could wait in the officer's mess, but she had turned the offer down. She wouldn't have felt at ease in the mess, despite her rank and uniform. Flight officer was nothing more than a sham, like the flag of convenience that merchant ships carry. Your flag might say you came from Panama, but no one really believed it. Can they give us any idea? she asked. It's taken off, ma'am, he assured her. And what goes up must come down, sooner or later. The woman didn't smile. They say, he added. What do they say? They say there have been terrible things over there. I I I saw it in that Pathé News. Did you see it, ma'am? Them camps? Terrible it was. She didn't answer. She didn't want to get drawn into conversation, and certainly not with this corporal, and certainly not about what was happening in Germany at the moment. Instead she listened, and finally heard something on the air, the sound of distant engines. There had been many aircraft moving around while they'd been waiting, aircraft taxiing and taking off, aircraft dropping down over the houses to the left, and hitting the runway with a screech of rubber and a dash of spray, the sound of aero engines so loud in her ears that she could barely think. But there was something about this new sound, as though it came from far away. Is that it? Might be, ma'am. <laughs> you never know your luck. The sound drew nearer, somewhere over to the east. And then the aeroplane could be seen dropping out of the cloud, a twin-engined machine with a sharp and almost eager look to it, as if it were straining forward over its swept wings. Yep, the corporal said. That's a Dakota. About time, too. They watched the aircraft fly downwind and turn onto the approach. It dropped onto the tarmac, bounced once or twice, then settled down, running to the end of the runway, turning and taxiing towards them, chin up, with the tail snaking slightly to give the pilot a better view of the ground in front. An aircraftman made ritual semaphore with what looked like table tennis bats, and the engines stuttered into silence. There was a pause before the fuselage door opened, and passengers began to climb down onto the tarmac. "'It's a lady, isn't it?' the corporal asked. "'The one you're waiting for, I mean?' "'A woman, yes.' The passengers were walking towards them, a mixture of army and air force, all officers, one with gold braid on his cap. She remembered to salute, and was surprised to get a salute in return. And then they had gone past, and there was just the aircraft, with the door open, and no one in sight. Maybe she missed the flight, the corporal suggested. She's there, said Atkins. She had sat motionless in her seat while the uniforms left, hoping they wouldn't notice her. They'd watched her during the flight, whispering about her so quietly that she couldn't make out what they were saying, nodding if they caught her eye, even giving brief smiles. But once the aircraft had landed, they made their way down the slope towards the open door and out into the daylight, without casting a glance in her direction. Only the dispatcher, a middle-aged flight sergeant who had tended her with quiet care throughout the flight, 
came up from the tail and stooped over her like a doctor and asked if she was feeling all right. Because it was time to go, ma'am. Was there someone waiting for her?